Mark, football's played a fairly big part in your life, hasn't it? Yeah, 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 it has. Talk to me a little bit about the sport, about your involvement. Uh, right, well, well, you know, I, I've, my, my father, you know, my, my, my background with my father, my father was a professional footballer for Accrington Stanley, played 19, from 1958 to 64, I think it was. So, you know, I've always had that background through my dad. Uh I was a relatively talented footballer. Uh, you know, I represented, you know, Blackburn and Dawn and Lancashire Schoolboys. I was, you know, I was involved at Blackburn Rovers uh, for a time, you know, till I was 16 years old. Uh, so I played a lot of long, a, a non-league in my early days. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make the grade uh, at professional level. Uh, you know, and it, you know, I always, you know, I always remember where I went on. I went for a trial at, at, at uh, you know, at Brock Hall at the training ground. They brought the Blackburn had brought all the, you know, all the the youngsters from around, you know, the area. I'm not too sure how far wide they spread, but anyway. But I always remember before I even kicked the ball that I, you know, I compared. I, I sort of, you know, I was looking around the field and I was, I was thinking he was better than me and he was faster than me and he was stronger than me. So my mindset, you know, even even you know, uh, before I even took a drink, was 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 a bit doubtful and negative. You know, subsequently I didn't make it. Uh, so you almost you almost sort of beat yourself then in in I a beat myself way before I even I beat, I beat myself before I'd even stepped onto a field. You know, so football, and then you know, so even even though my dad, my dad used to think I was a really talented player, but I knew myself that you know, just from that example, that my mindset, I wasn't like him. Where my my father, he was he was very positive. He you know, he, he didn't get drawn down the drinking lane at that age. I started to drink, and and then I stopped miss, miss, you know, I was missing training. So subsequently. I was just let go because I didn't have the application. My father had the application. He he was that guy who kicked the ball against the wall, uh, and, I, and 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 when when the coach, you know, said you know go and work on your speed, he did it. I didn't. Okay, well, you you mentioned the drink became part of your life as well. I wonder yeah. if if there were a sense, maybe somewhere that you were letting your dad down. If your dad had this kind of image of you, but you didn't agree with that and I wonder if you drank because of that or that made you drink if you know what I mean no yeah yeah no I don't I don't think so no I just I, you know I, I I just followed the I, I really I just followed the crowd because I didn't really like the taste of it when I started drinking I didn't feel I didn't feel like it, it, it changed me I, I really just thought everybody drank like I did but you know I looked around it all looked a bit a bit sort of wildish, and uh, I, I didn't really, I, I don't really link it, you know, to, to that. You know, the, the, I suppose the guilt yeah. came with my father later down the line because my behaviour once I started drinking, my my behaviour, you know, became unpredictable. So, uh, so let's let's talk about your drinking then. So you started drinking at what age, and how how when did you first realise that perhaps you were drinking a little bit too much, or you were out of control? Well, I didn't really, as I said before, you know, I thought everybody's drunk like me. So, uh, but but you know, when I when I looked at it a bit deeper, you know, that you know, some of my friends were, you know, what, you know, at the end of the nightclub, 
you know, which in in those days when I was in my early twenties was, you know, you were you got you got sort of thrown out at two o'clock, and you know, if you didn't go to a party, you might have gone mm. home. But I was I was scrounging, scavenging around looking for a party, or you know, I was always the last person home. You know, uh, I, I I very rarely remembered what I'd done. Uh, with him with, when I was drinking, you know, I could I could end up anywhere, and I I, I, I used to get blackouts, uh, and that was pretty consistent all the way through my drinking, really, you know, uh, how I got on a foot, you know, really <laughs> performed on a football field. I, I don't sometimes I, I don't I don't really know, but anyway, I, I, I went over to Australia when I was twenty three because. People were sick of me here. You know, my dad. My dad was losing patience with me. He was he was sick of my behaviour. You know, my is, is this because I, of your antics? Is this because of the the kind of things that you got up to? Well, well, maybe the kind of things because you know, I'd I'd, I'd you know, I bring stray ladies back to the house. He didn't particularly like that because I had a girlfriend and it, and it didn't really you know I, I did I didn't really care at that stage you know, mm. but my dad was very very alarmed. Uh, at the way I was behaving, he, and he didn't, he didn't know how to, what to do with me, to be honest. So I got offered a, I got offered an opportunity to go to Australia to play football when I was 23. A guy had come watching me over here. I was born in Australia because my dad went out there when he, when he, his professional career finished here, uh, and I was born out there. So it was always something I wanted to try, try to do, and, and the, the opportunity came through a contact. Who, who put me onto a club in Australia, and I went out when I was 23. So it was like it was like good in a way because my parents were sick of me. Uh, you know, I wasn't turning up at work. Uh, I was I was annoying friends as well. My girlfriend probably was sick of me as well. So it, it totally suited everybody. But I did want to go genuinely because I was excited. I, I you know I was always uh, uh, excited about travel as well. You know, that's one of the passions I had, as well as my sport. So I went to Australia once, 23, and, and played out there in, in Queensland, in uh, in the state of Queensland. How did that go for you? Well, it, it, it went. It started really well. You know, I was. I, I've always. I always trained hard, even when I was, I was drinking. But you know, and I, and I and I and I went. I went really well. I went. I, I think you might. One of the guys I used to play against, who played for one of the top teams out there, was John Lowy, who who played at Blackburn for a spell. I don't know if yeah. you remember that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So John John Lowy, John Lowy was one of the players I played against. Uh, and and it, it was great. It was a great experience. I'd, I'd, I'd you know I was there for eighteen years in total. I had a couple of a couple of spells back here for a couple of. Luckily, you know, I had two passports, so I could come and go as I went. But I spent the majority of the time uh, playing over there, so it was good to me. But it's still I, I couldn't on a consistent basis because of my drinking. My behaviour was unpredictable. You know, the chairman of the soccer club looked after me. But, you know, once my performances started to drop and my behaviour kept getting worse and worse, you know, he, he started to tire of me as well, you know, as he would always look out for me, you know, probably in my early years. Yeah. Uh, but I still played there until I was 40. Uh, I suppose... I drinking when I was 32. I suppose you're only as good as a, as a footballer. You're only as good as your next performance. And they will measure that, won't they? They'll, if, if they're not getting the product out here, they're going to be thinking... Exactly. It's a poor day. So you were drinking alongside the football and you were still presumably getting into scrapes and, and all the rest of it and these yeah. behaviours that, that you were, you know, you're acting out. And, yeah. you know, 
you were 32 and you stopped drinking. What was the catalyst? Why, why did you stop? Well, well, I think I realised in that in that last year that what what was happening is that the drink wasn't working for me. I wasn't that happy go lucky, drunk, uh, uh, you, you know. Because you know, I, ne- I never really got into trouble with the police, but I still got into trouble in different ways. Uh, but I, you, you know, you know, it, I, I was starting to. It started to. to we call it, it. It turns on you where it's not fun anymore. It, it was. I was. I was realising it was getting into me, me into a lot of trouble. But inside, I was starting to feel miserable and, and depression was setting in. I, I I wasn't wanted to mix with people. When people were inviting me out, I was I was you know, I was isolating. You know, it was it was it was turning me inside myself really. I was becoming very introverted as as, you know, in the early days I was probably a bit more extroverted, you know. I was gonna say you sound like you were party boy for a long time, yeah. and then all of a sudden you, you were av- actively avoiding. You said before that you were looking for parties to go to, and now you were getting invites, but you were kind of wanting to be on your own. Yeah, yeah, more more wanting to be on my own. I was trying, I was trying to stop. So even at the end, I was trying. I was, I was only drinking maybe, maybe very, very uh, occasionally because I was, I, I was, I knew it wasn't doing any good. So I was trying to stop, but. Then you know I'd get on the field and, and and I'd have a good performance and I'd score a goal and at the end of the the game you know I'd reward myself and so I I'd stay off it for about a month and then and then once I did drink it was a calamity so you know I, I'd end up in hospital I'd, I'd end up in a jail cell wondering how I got there you know the idea uh, of the you mentioned blackouts earlier on. And yeah. they're a common theme when you're talking to people who've been through experiences like yourself and people in recovery. And I I find the idea of a blackout sort of terrifying. So to wake up somewhere and genuinely have not the first clue why you're there or how you got there, to have no memory of it. Did, mm. didn't, didn't that fright, doesn't that frighten you? Didn't that kind of make you think, I've got to stop doing this? Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably it, it, it did, but but still, the you know when when you when you're in that place where you you, you know you think you can't you, you can't live with it, but you don't think you can live without it as well, or you don't know how to go about changing. I, and one of the things that they that, 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 that you know my personality, you know, I was sort of it, it really paralysed me from doing from doing things, stopped me doing things, even even just asking for help or even going to the doctor. I didn't even have that ability to... I knew something was wrong, but I didn't have the ability to go and even ask for help. A, a, a simple chat with my doctor, for instance, you know, might have been the first port of call. I just suffered in silence. And, you know, even 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 as a kid, even as that boisterous teenage, you know, after, after a lot, you know, my career's uh, into... I didn't really know what I wanted to do, you know. I was a little bit aimless in ways and, and but it was just okay. magnified at the end right so you're 32 you're sick yeah. of it you know something's got to change yeah. what happened next well i my last drink uh what happened i'd, I'd been on a networking night through my i was doing tourism and travel course this is on the gold coast in australia and i'd, I'd gone i'd again gone into blackout uh i've woken up woken up being pushed in a wheelchair out of the hospital, and I had some of these like I had these like little 
things on my on my heart, you know, which I didn't know what they were, uh, and and I couldn't remember anything about it. I went home, slept it off, and thought about retrace my steps. So it turned out that I'd, I'd I'd collapsed in the street. A bouncer outside a nightclub was concerned. He 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 was concerned I was I was you know dead he 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 was trying to resuscitate me run the ambulance I got took to the hospital I I through what you know so that that really shocked me uh, and I thought right well you know I I I bet you, you know I was I was a little bit concerned uh once I've retraced the sets and found that you know they just pump pump me pump pump the alcohol the system or whatever Whatever they did, it was it was a it was a traumatic experience, and I went back to the college the next day, I missed an exam, and and I opened up. I just I just told that story to the people round the table at my college course, and one of the ladies came came to me in my course and said, "You might have a problem with alcohol," and she took me to the side and and I went round to her house after college that day, and she gave me some information. She had, she was a partner of somebody who died of alcoholism. And she gave me the number of Alcoholics Anonymous. She gave me a little bit of literature. She gave me a starter pack. And and, and, and that's what introduced me to Alcoholics Anonymous. So it wasn't my work. Someone else put it my way. How long ago is that? Mark? 22 years. I've been, I've been sober. I, I was, last week, I was 22 years sober in regards to alcohol-free. Happy anniversary. That's fantastic, 22 yeah, years. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you. Did some people experience a bumpy road some people get it right away other people yeah. they're sober for a bit and they fall off the wagon but they keep trying yeah. what was it like for you well well i've had i've had 22 years of continuous sobriety so you know it, it's uh for, from that from that moment and from when i i rung them you know alcoholics anonymous and i started engaging with the meetings and, and uh, you know, it, it didn't come right away. I was, I, like I said, I, at the end of my drink, and I felt very isolated. Mm. And even going to work for the first time, uh, I was still had that isolation with me. But slowly but surely, I started to stick my chest out. I was identifying from from what people people stories that they were sharing from the meetings, uh, and it really and it grew from there. I, I, you know, I started to do the the 12-step program of Alcoholics Anonymous, which which, which was, again, was very, very useful. I started to get involved, uh, uh, you know, in, 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 in doing service at meetings. Hmm. And I think the, the combination of all, all those, uh, you know, point, points of, of Alcoholics Anonymous has, 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 has helped me grow, it helped me understand my, you know, the, the, the disease of alcoholism, uh, and also how to how to give me strategies to get better and stay and stay stopped and that and that's what's happened. You mentioned the sharing, people sharing at meetings, and for people who will be listening to this who, who don't understand how a meeting works, basically people talk about their experiences and talk about things that's happened, and that's called a share. Now you yeah. mentioned that you heard other people sharing and it kind of some of the things he said struck a chord with you how yeah. important is that when you sit there and you hear somebody else going through the same as you or a very similar thing how much strength do you draw from that what does it do for you as a person seeking recovery how important well, well, is it, it to hear other yeah, people it, share 
it, it gives you a lot of it gives you a lot of hope, you know, when you hear that because but you know, at the end of your drinking you feel like you're the only poor person going through this. You're isolating anyway, so you're feeling down, you don't want to mix. And 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 when you when you hear that someone else has gone through this, you know, a similar situation to you, it really you know really sparked me up. So you know, at the start when I could be in a meeting, usually they were they're they're, they're an hour to an hour and a half, and I might not hear anything that that I identify with, uh, but there'll always there'll always be one thing that maybe maybe it comes up in a meeting where you think, wow, I did that. And and I, and I got that identification, got that hope, I got that little bit of spark, and that drew me back to the next meeting, or 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 as as my uh, as my sobriety developed, I'd, I, it'd give me the strength to go up to that person and start a, a chat, and 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 you get onto a one to one, and you could you you know you swap in. You, you know, you share with that person mm. that you went through the same thing, and it's given me a lot of hope and inspiration uh, to to see that someone else is going through that experience. It obviously worked for you, mate. You're 22 years sober. It's been a long time as that. Let's talk about life now. What is like life? What is life like now compared to how it was in your drinking days? Well, there's a, there's a lot to look forward to, you know. It's uh, you, you know, life has has got so many uh, opportunities. So, you know, I, I mentioned to you earlier, you know, when you first spoke about, you know, my my my, my plans, you know, my plans have, have sort of changed a little bit, you know. But but even even in lockdown, you know, even for me, I tried to take it and look at it in a, you know, it was I've worked for thirteen and a half years in the same job. Well. I, I, I think the you know before I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, I, I think the longest I've worked in a job was two and a half years. You know, I could never I could never hold down a job. You know, just the you know the another thing is you know I've just spent a little bit of time with my mother. You know, my mother when she sees me now, she's got that spark in her in her eyes. She's got that light when she sees me. It's not you know mother's mother's love is, is unconditional, but. Uh, you know, the end. You know, when I when I left when I was twenty three, you know, she never disowned me. She she was tired. You know, she it was, it, it was always hard work for her. I was a strain on her. You know, when I see her now, she beams. She's she's full of life. She 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 you know she she loves it when me me and her go out for a mother and son day, which happens, you know, every couple of months. It's just those little things that are that are you know important. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm still active in sport, you know. Once I, I've stopped drinking, the best days, my, the best football days, when I won things and got consistency, were 32 to 40, when people are usually coming to the end. But I, I really put a lot into those, those, those eight years of my, my early sobriety. My football, you know, I, I seem to get better uh, with age, you know. Uh, and That's I'm still the best thing you ever did, then. Days. Yeah, and I'm still playing act. I'm 55, and I'm, I play for Darwin cricket team. I'm cricket's Brilliant. come become my my sport now. I'm, I'm still involved. I always I always ask them at the start of the season. You know, you know, is there any young people coming through? And you know, I'll step aside, but they still want me to play. Well, you must be doing something right, mate. There's no problem with that. <laughs> um, to anybody listening to this, who thinks they might have an issue, or perhaps they're questioning what they're doing, and they're thinking about AA, but they're not sure. What, what would your message be? What would you say to them? 
Uh, well, look, you know, you know, look, look, reach, you know, just reach out and, and uh, maybe just inquire. You know, we've got a website that we've got a lot of information on to guide people around now. Uh, we've got a helpline where you can ring and uh, and ask for help. Uh, so there's different avenues where you can get, you know, get into AA. We do a lot of outreach work in the community. We we liaise. We we. We, we, you know, we liaise with probation services, and and, and we go into prisons. Uh, we work with employers, who, who, you know, where people might have alcohol problems. So, you know, the the way in is is a lot is a is a lot more uh, easier, or, the, or there's more options. And uh, you, you know, I just think it, you know, just give 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 things a go and give it a try. It just tends to paralyze the, you know, from my own experience, it paralyzed me. I, I I found it hard to reach out for help. But once I reached out the help for help, I, I just found uh, you know, a, a lot of different ways, a lot of a lot of a lot of people wanted to help you to get through, you know, those those days and then uh, you know, you can live life, you can live a life uh, free of drink and you can still do everything. You can do every anything you want. Uh, and, and maybe just what one thing you can't do is is, pick, is is take a drink.